And big thanks to the Tuesday Nighters for bringing us in there. That's off their debut EP, Scream and Shout. Uh, Franklin Goldman running around the streets of Montreal. Um, they have bumped into him about a handful of times. And, uh, fucking cause that guy's problems, a freaking buddy. riot, man. You got to be careful with him, though. He can get you... You know, cause nights in Montreal, man, they could get you in trouble. Let me tell you. And, Michael knows way too much yeah. about Franco. Well, yeah. welcome to the the Foot in the Crease podcast, episode thirty one. I am Andrew Lippa, joined as always by Michael Chikin and Taylor Prestige. Boys, we're back for another week. Quick episode here, uh, in between the first and second rounds. Uh, but first, we'll see how you guys are doing, Mikey. How you feeling? How's everything going with you, buddy? I saw you uh, celebrated your daughter's uh, first birthday there. With I don't know if it was a cake <laughs> smash or a cake push, I, I couldn't yeah, really more tell of what a, it was. more of a cake push. Yeah, uh, it was a good day, capped off by uh, by a remarkable Leafs win. So it was a uh, it was a beauty, man. Still, still trying to digest how I feel right now. This this feeling is very foreign for Taylor and I. Um, Yo, I so I called Michael at whatever time it was ten ten thirty or whatever after the game was done, and Michael. Were you crying? Like when I called you, were you crying? Uh, well, I lost my voice um, and I was right. yeah, a bit emotional. Like Erica even said to me, like, this is the happiest I think I've ever seen you. It, Bro, and, I've uh, seen you on your wedding day and that was like, <laughs> you were half that level. <laughs> Dude, I was, it was like uh, out of body experience. When I, when I you saw sounded that... like a child, dude. You sounded <laughs> like you were like 11 years old. I was like, bro, like. You couldn't saw. I forget what you kept saying. You're like, I can't believe they did it, man. Yeah, they dude, did I, it. Dude, when I saw that, when I saw that puck trickle over the line, man, I was just, I left my body, man. It was fucking, wow, unbelievable, <sighs> unbelievable. Oh yeah, that was your oh, experience, yeah, was, like Taylor. You know, mine was. Um, I I hurt, I hurt my hand a couple like the game before punching my seat out of excitement. So I was trying to not overreact, but it was like, yeah, it was delirium, man. I would say I haven't been as a, as like an adult Leaf fan, that is the best experience I have had since the John Tavares announcement on July 1st, 2018. Is that fair to say, Michael? uh bigger man like that just that, no that no i'm like, i know i'm saying other than that like that was the next big other, as an adult because before that it's like okay they clinched i maybe the only other thing i could think of was like the curtis mcelaney save yeah, um, yeah. was it was it on crosby i think on to, crosby to, yeah to clinch a playoff that, spot yeah that was and that was cool too because it was that was foreign even because you yeah. think they only made the playoffs that one time in 2013. So yeah. for me, it's been a, not only the game, but also to see how it's unfolded with like the avalanche and the Bruins, man, you know, the it's, fact that the Bruins and the abs and the lightning are all out. Those are the three scariest teams in the league. No, I know. And it just – now it's like it presents that opportunity, and it's like, man, the Leafs got to fucking pounce here on the pan. Like, the Leafs have to fucking take advantage Good of pun, this. Good pun, bro. That was a sick pun. They you like that, eh? You like that. Yeah. Got to pounce on the Panthers, yeah, man. man. Like, they got to squeeze huge, all the sap out of them, you know? This is a huge opportunity. <laughs> huge opportunity. But they got to take it because Florida's a good team. Like, Florida – they just barely made the playoffs this year, but they won the President's Trophy last year, right? So yeah, I, this is a better hockey club than what the standings. Um, Yo, show, I'm getting so. real. I'm getting real scared. Uh, I told Dickie in January that Toronto was gonna lose to Florida in the second round of the playoffs, and he laughed at me. He laughed and laughed and laughed. I really hope that prediction was wrong because <laughs> even It'll I remember wrong, when man. I was getting his predict predictions of round one and he told me Bruins in three and I said, you, bro, don't underestimate because Bobrovsky, there's something about that fucking guy, bro. And um, the Panthers. Yeah. Like they can't be underestimated. I really think 
Brandon Montour is going to be enemy numero uno around here very soon. Everyone says Kachuk. Wait, Montour is a prick, and he's good. So anyway, what what have you observed so far, Andrew, with with the Leafs, but then also the the other teams here? Uh, well, with the Leafs, you know, for seeing you guys, the excitement that you know you finally get to experience. I I have not known you guys seeing the Leafs win a playoff series. We've been friends for what. 13 years, I think it is now. And not once have I ever seen you guys get to celebrate a playoff victory, a playoff series winning victory. And there's been lots of, you know, letdowns for them, for the, for the Leafs. And we don't have to list them off. You guys already know what they are, but but to see you guys kind of overcome that. Finally, you guys were due to like the way Toronto kind of played in this series was maybe not the most complete, but close to what they've needed, you know, to win a series in the first round. And I think the one thing that, you know, you haven't heard in previous years was that the Leafs actually got goaltending and their goalie and Samsonov played better than Vasilevsky and all the games, except for really game one, I'd say it was Samsonov being the guy. And, you saw it in each of the overtimes too, that when the Leafs would get to overtime in previous years, it'd be the, it kind of would be the reverses. The other goalie Vasilevsky or Carey Price a couple of years ago, basically holding the fourth down until, you know, they would find a way to score. But this was kind of the reverse where Samsonov kind of kept the, the lightning at bay and really, you know, the Leafs managed to finally capitalize and get goals and timely goals too. And the, you know, you never used to see that. And I think for them, it's, you know, it's monumental. They finally kind of get that monkey off their back, but you know, seeing this Florida team and I, I, you know, I don't know how you feel personally. I think they're going to be a tough out. I don't think it's as easy as some people might think. Namely, I don't think I don't think anyone thinks it's easy. I think everyone thinks Leaf fans thinks it's going to be fucking easy. Only only the ones down in Maple Leaf swear Montreal that's saying it. that. Yeah, well, those guys are fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> like it's not going to be easy, man. And like, yeah, like the Panthers are going to be good, but I think the Leafs did not play well in the first round, and they won the series. Like, mm-hmm. like that series is what has happened to the Leafs the last few years, where they're the better team and they get bounced because bounces don't go their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goaltending doesn't hold up where this year it was the opposite. Toronto, I think was the better team for all of game two. And then the third periods of games three and four. And then I think game six was kind of kind of like a, game a, four is the game 55, that 45. Yeah. When they were down four one. Yeah. Okay. Because I was trying to remember which game it was, but there's a moment that if you watch that game, that kind of, it really turned the tide in it where, Sheldon Keith puts out the super line of Marner, Matthews, and Nylander against the fourth line of Tampa. And you can see just the panic amongst those guys because they know this is not – they got every everybody's the wrong – you got the wrong side pairing defensemen. Everything's kind of wrong. And at that point when, when you know, you know Toronto ended up scoring on that, that kind of momentum shift, it changed the tide of the – it changed the complete momentum of the game because – Toronto got rolling. They got some power play goals and ended up winning the game in OT as well. So, yeah, I just, I just, my point was going to be though that yeah, I'm, I'm nervous about Florida because look what they did to the Bruins and they've got hot goaltending right now. But the thing I'm thinking about is the fact that Toronto did not play well in the first round, and I think from top yeah. to bottom, the team is better than what they showed in the first round. So that gives me some hope that. You know what I mean? If they're they're at the top of their game, I think they're a better team than the Panthers are. Mm-hmm. But obviously, how the game goes, we should have to see how it plays. Panther, out. you know, a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, the best is yet to come for Toronto. If they play the way they did against Tampa, there's a chance Florida beats them. Yeah, you know, I think so too. Yeah, Tampa looked off. They didn't look good. You know, um, Vasilevsky didn't look great. Um, you know, Hedman was not his dominant self. Kucherov, like, where the fuck was Kucherov? Stamkos looked great to me. Like Stamkos and Sorelli really looked good, but Tampa was not the team they we've seen in years past. Now, on the flip side, in Florida, I'm just looking at their 
team here. Like, man, like Brandon Montour had 73 points as a defenseman this year. Like, that's not a joke. Um, and they got balanced scoring with guys like Ryan Hart and Burkitt. Like, Florida is a grit, gritty team, man. Like, oh, yeah. Colin White, they got the Stahl brothers. They got Sam Bennett. They And Montour's a prick. And to top it all off, they've got the prick of all pricks, the Matthew Kachuk. So it is going to be a chippy, chippy series. Um, be interesting to see what Bobrovsky brings to the table, right? Um, but yeah, if the Leafs play their best hockey, they absolutely should be beating Florida. But we did not see their best hockey in round one. So yeah, um, yeah we'll see what happens, man. But yeah. The excitement is kind of uh, petered out now. Now it's like anticipation. I am glad, though, there's no fucking waiting because I thought there wasn't going to be game till like Thursday. I didn't realize they're going to play tomorrow. Like round one ends tonight, you know? Yeah, so. no, I'm glad they're playing tomorrow because same thing. Like I was, you know, excited yesterday, watched the Bruins-Panthers game with no stress. And then as soon as that game was over, it was like, okay, Toronto's playing Florida. Like this morning I woke up. A little anxious, like ready for game one tomorrow night. So we'll see. Still but can't it, believe it happened though. Five. Dude, right? <laughs> a fucking round, man. So weird. So weird to see the handshake line. Like, guys, we I think we uh, our age group epitomizes the group of humans that should not be Leaf fans. Because we were not even in high school when they won their last round. We were in grade eight. Okay. And we are now old men. We are 33. Like that's fucking insane, man. I'm 32. Sorry, buddy. But yeah, yeah. you're going to be 33 <laughs> soon. <laughs> but dude, it was, it was mad. Like my, my dad and uh stepmom stayed over to watch the game. And after the game's done, like it was like, Eric is like, it feels like fucking new year's. Cause my phone's going off. My dad's making phone calls, fucking left, right. And center. Like <laughs> it's just fucking complete pandemonium, but it was great. Anyways, I guess this is why everyone hates Toronto. Eh? There's <laughs> other teams. Dude, I hope, to discuss, oh, it, so. it, you know what? Though? I wonder Here's if like, the Tuesday nighters will be brought in. I wonder if CBC will play them and fucking, <laughs> When they drop on May 2-4. They might be able to save their broadcast because nothing's saying that broadcast, but that's a, another conversation for another day. But, Mikey, I'll, I'll tell you this much. I, I think, you know, looking at it as a Habs fan and, and seeing what you guys have suffered through for the last 19 years, whatever it was, of, you know, failure, you guys are, you guys are owed a couple of, you know, breaks. We're owed, we're owed a run here now. Now that they've won the yeah. first round, I will be – disappointed getting bounced by the Panthers, man. Now, now we have the case. I think a run, man. I want to call. Hey, we were talking about the pricks on the Panthers, man. They, uh, I forgot. They also have Radko good ass, man. I'm not worried about that. We, we got some fucking sandpaper, right? I I think I was, I was, I was thinking. They got a lot of sandpaper, buddy. Whatever, man. You can't just win straight off of fucking sandpaper. All right. You need a little, you need some, you need breaks too, right? Like the Leafs are going to need to out finesse the Panthers to win this. You got to move their feet. That's, that's one thing they were not doing against Tampa. Tampa, they allowed Tampa to slow the game down, which favored the lightning in the first round. Yeah. Toronto, Toronto's got to move their feet. Right, like that's yeah. that's one of their advantages. So, do you? I was thinking about this last night after kind of the game ended, and thinking of just the goalie matchup, and thinking that yes, Bobrovsky played very well down the stretch, and uh, down sorry, not the stretch, but in those couple of games that he played to get basically Florida over the hump of of beating Boston. But I was thinking too. I go this goalie matchup in terms of like you know typically you know. For the longest time, it's been whoever the Leafs can throw against whatever Vesna caliber goaltender there is. This might be the first time, I think, since I'd say that the Leafs played Philadelphia back in back in 2004, 05, whatever it was, where they might actually have, I think, the goaltending edge, just seeing the way Samsonov has been playing. He played this, at least in the first round of the playoffs. What do you guys, do you guys think that is a possibility? Because... You know, it was Ed Belfour back then, and now it's 
saying, I'm not saying that they're the same goalie, but I think that at least the Leafs have, I think, the goaltending edge in this series. What do you guys think? I don't know, man. They're all fucking Putin's henchmen anyway. I don't fucking know who the hell. All these Russian goalies, bro. It's ridiculous. Like, back in the day, the only Russian goalie was Mikhail Stalenkov, buddy. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. You answer him. No, I was going to say with Samsonov, like, he had a stellar first round. I was most surprised by him. But I still don't have the complete faith that he'll do the same in the second round. Um, hmm. So, it literally w- with him, it's just a, a play and a play and see basis. I feel like right, like, mm-hmm. but first round he played well. He was better than Vasilevsky most of the series, and that got them a series win. So, oh, before we get is to Kyle the- Dubis officially off your hot seat, Michael? Yeah, where does that leave Dubis now? Because he is in the last year of his deal. And fucking Dubis, fucking and, Kyle. You tell your fucking buddy, Taylor. Blah but blah if, blah. If, but if he loses, if they lose here, does he? Is it? Did he buy enough to get another extension, or is it? Just- no, I I do I do think he put a very good team together, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you? Like, okay. my, my my I said that in the last podcast too. All right, so fucking go back and listen to it. All right, okay. And I've said that. He's put a good team together this year. Last year, I thought he put a good team together. All I was always saying was that everyone praises him and they hadn't won anything, which is a fact. But this team, this is a good squad, minus the goaltending, which I'm still iffy on. It was good last round. I think it's a good team yeah. top to bottom. Like the last two years have truly yeah. been about, okay, let's see if the players can do it. And this year, the pieces he added were, were huge, man. Like Achari had a couple goals. O'Reilly was huge. One thing I want to touch on concern I have is O'Reilly's finger. Because I don't know if you've noticed the last couple games of that series, he wasn't winning face-offs, and he wasn't taking many face-offs in game six. It's funny that you say that. Um, I didn't even think about that. I thought it was really interesting when they put up the stat. It was the third period of of game five or six, and he had won like 16% of his draws. I was like, yeah. one six. And yeah. I was like, what? that number is like crazy bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's makes... what has me worried. And then there was that one face off that even on the broadcast, they're like, we're not really sure why Mitch Marner's taking this face off or it was yeah. someone like it was a winger taking the yeah. draw. Yeah. Th- you know? There was a couple face offs where he was off on the wing. He wasn't taking the draw. So that's the only thing I'm worried about. Outside of the that... face offs though, heat man, when he's on the ice, the Maple Leafs are a better team. There's oh, just no, no, some hundred percent, hundred percent. There's just some. It, there's seldom been players in the past 10, 15 years with this Maple Leaf club that I have a hundred percent faith in. And fuck, he's one of them, dude. Like he is. I mean, occasionally he'll make a mistake, as every player does, but he is just such a player. And you know who else is such a player? Is Luke fucking Shen. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, what a fuck. great draft pick by fucking John Ferguson Jr., buddy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> or no, that was a Brian Burke. That was, was Brian Burke's say, first draft. Yeah, that was Burke's first man. draft. It's finally That's paying right. dividends. Finally, after all these years. Dude, been- he has like like he has been so fucking steady. But even his puck handling. Like I was shocked with how calm he was with the puck. You know what I mean? Getting the puck out. Like, yeah. if, if they did not have him that first round, they don't win that series, man. Yeah, I know. Yep. I, he, I truly he, think Guys so. like him and O'Reilly, him, guys like him and O'Reilly, really, you can tell, like, in the past few years, like, you know, Felino and Joe Thornton and these other guys, they plugged and played to try and build that character. And you can really see Shen and Achari and uh O'Reilly like you can see yeah. these guys are good McCabe dude yeah. like even though I felt like McCabe didn't have a great series he was physical he's a at fucking least. player bro you yeah. know um yeah. slam dunk a plus at the deadline for Dubas with the moves I almost worried it was too much what he did and I think some people still think maybe that that's the case but buddy could you anyway, imagine let's... Imagine if they had Pierre Engvall and Sandine rolling around out there in the first round. <laughs> well, I will say games. their buddy, uh, Timothy Lilligren had all the pressure in the fucking world, which is why I think they brought up Lilligren and Gustafson because yeah. 
no one man could ever face that pressure that Lilligren had. And I, other than the one missed net, the Phil Kessel breakout where he missed the net and it rimmed out and caused the two on one break breakout for the other team. Yeah. Uh, I thought Lilligren looked solid. So yeah, I think, I, I think so too. He's going to be there. It looks like uh, Zach Aston Reese is drawing back in and Lafferty's out, which is, yeah. is what I'm it is. But, that. Um. Yeah. Go Leafs. Go. Let's see what happens. I thought, you, uh, I thought you were going to stay there for a quick list before we get on to the next failure at the Boston yeah. Bruins. But I thought you were going to say no one man can replace Justin Hall. It takes two <laughs> men. But <laughs> that's what I thought you were going with. Dude, but... <laughs> he had a tough, tough, tough series, man. Let's not even get into it, it man. I don't. I haven't seen this much dismay for a Maple Leaf. <laughs> Like oh a true God. hatred, man, in that first round. <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't I even look at I it. don't think I've seen a Leaf hated this much since Mike Babcock coached Justin Hall and scratched him 71 times. Jesus. Oh, but seriously, I, I can't remember, like, Aki Berg, maybe? Like, who's, like, a Leaf that was hated yeah. as much as, as Justin Hall? Aki Berg is who I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. no. Bessa Toskala was really disliked. But yeah, he's like right up there. Like Justin Hall, there is a very significant chance he never plays another game as a Maple Leaf, but <laughs> it is what it is. So um, onward and upward. What do we have to talk about outside of the Maple Leafs? Well, I, I think that it's time that we address the choke artists in the room and the frauds in the room, and that is the Boston Bruins. Record-setting team, most wins in a regular season, President's Trophy winner, Whatever other accolades, the probably the best home record, one of the best away records. But they come up short in the first round, just as we all like to see, because City of Boston doesn't need to win any more titles anyway. But uh takeaway from that series, boys. Um, I know all year we kind of we had mentioned, you know, what could what you know what this team might be able to do, but clearly whatever it was that came when the playoff time came. Just never worked out for them. Um. Yeah, Taylor, you want to take this or? Yeah, fire away, dude. I. It's like fucking. It's like looking at a fucking beautiful ribeye <laughs> steak, dude. It's <laughs> dude, there's so, just juicy. so much, so much to get into, man. So much. Uh, I mean, goaltending, major, major factor, mm-hmm. right? I think I think that was the main main talking point. But as as the series went on, man, like it looked like. Boston was um, the team who had never been there before. And Florida looked more comfortable as the series went on. I don't know if that's maybe because Florida's thinking was, okay, this is house money. Let's just take it to them. But um, Boston looked shaky as the series progressed. Uh, series progressed. And yesterday, that overtime, man, it, it was all Florida. Like, oh, you're, just, dude. you're just waiting for, for that puck to go in. And another thing I want to say is that Boston looked old, I found. After after games like two and three, um, they started looking their age, and I'm just I'm just stunned though, like the lack of confidence the Bruins had, and uh, the fact that they blew this one. Like, you finish with sixty three wins, you have a three one series lead. Like that's worse than than something the Leafs would would blow, right? Like, can we agree on that, Angelo? Or or oh, what? I, it's for me. There's there gives me no more joy in this world other than watching sometimes at least lose. at least we at least we can agree on that. But right? seeing the Bruins lose like this, this is not something that hasn't happened before. They've they've been in these other positions before. It's just it wasn't more recent. It's happened. It happened in the early two thousands when they played the Canadians. You know they were up three one against Jose Theodore and the Canadians and blew it, and. It just seems like I'm in a group chat for one of the fantasy pools I'm in, and there's a Bruins fan in there. And he says the Bruins don't like to do anything easy. They ever, they do everything hard. And it seemed like this playoff, they were trying too hard. Like the start of that that game seven, it looked like trying to go through the neutral zone, play as an individual where Florida looked like a team of five. Every time they transitioned out of their zone and through the neutral zone, they looked like five players attacking the Bruins zone where it was like, the Bruins, on the other hand, look like a team of individuals. And I think that, you know, the play of Marchand, Pasternak, you know, Bergeron, I know he had a hernia disc, they were saying. 
But like you said, Mikey, they looked old. And they and like yeah. David, I think we saw something that, you know, I think teams hope we'll maybe see teams kind of strive away from. It's like, yeah, you can have all these veteran centers, but I think having too many of them, especially over the age of 35, like Bergeron's no spring chicken, neither is Krejci. And a lot of their guys are older players. And I think that Dude, they, they're like the antithesis. That's why I predicted they'd have a tough go this season. And it's so it's no surprise they got bounced out of the first round. I all I mean, they kind of had a bit of a detour on my take, which was having the most successful regular season in NHL history. However, they like I didn't think they were making the playoffs because they're so fucking old. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a young man's league now. I Marshawn did not look a hundred percent to me. I don't know about yeah. you guys. Yeah. Uh Bergeron did not look a hundred percent. So right, right there, your second and third best players behind Pasternak, because I think Pasternak's their star now, right? And like, they're, dude, it doesn't even make sense they had the regular season they did. How? How? Did they just get that mojo so fucking, like their defense was like, do you think, patchy, do you think it's, it's the fact that the season was And everyone's so shitting on Allmark. Sorry, Angelo, but everyone in Boston... Is shitting on Allmark. I'm like, bro, he I think I think for Allmark though. Vesna winner since Tim Thomas, man. I, I think like, though for Allmark is the moment that really it seemed to kind of shift that series was when he tried to fight Kachuk. Because, you know, yeah. as, Taylor, as a goal, you know, if a player gets in your head, that's it. There's like you look at, you know, take a um Swayman in there again. Every player like, got in my head. Why yeah. do you think I had to come up, man? So you look at Swayman in there. I think Kachuk in front of that, and he just gives him like a little tap. Yeah, yeah, I see you, but nothing like I'm gonna throw a punch at you. And like we saw with you look at the when a goalie gets in this thing of you know wanting to fight a player, they don't. It doesn't transition well. It's not like they use the it. The Bennington as effect, you mean? Yeah, the Bennington <laughs> effect. That's what I was gonna use because you look at. Bennington, who wanted to fight every week, it felt like, and yeah. he had a below nine hundred save and percentage, he yeah. and he, he sucked. sucked. So, and and yeah. at that moment, it seemed like that really swung the series, and it was like either the feeling in the room kind of just like evaporated, or it's just they because of the season that they had and the way they they just kind of blew through it that they just didn't have yeah. the. There is no no resilient. It didn't look like they had much resilience there. I will say, not to bring it back to the Leafs, but I was very impressed with how Samson bounced back game. Like he, like oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as a tendy man, a loss like that's tough to come back from. It really is, especially you're facing the exact same team who just buried seven on you. You know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Bruins. Where do they go from here? Because. Well, they're Bergeron they're got, crunchy, like you know. Well, do, and then think about the the picks that are all that have been shipped out, and and they're the highest. Um, what is it like? They're what's the word I'm looking for? They they're gonna face a penalty next year for being so high in the bonus uh, structure, right? Like like the way yeah they yeah they, 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 they have contracts. a cap uh, recapturing uh whatever yeah so uh, they're penalty. like I, and you got Buffalo, Montreal, and Ottawa nipping at their heels all the other teams heels in the atlantic right like yeah and and say and what you will about toronto even but like toronto's still young you know tampa's and, not and, young and toronto's got boston's first round pick this year right how right. did that happen i think that was from the engvall wasn't oh no who, what, yeah who? that was a part of a flip but uh, uh but yeah, and Angel, what you touched on about it being too easy, like they face no adversity this mm-hmm. season, right? Yeah. Not till you know Florida started clawing back, or the Panthers started clawing back in this uh, series, eh? Oh, oh, that's exactly God. what I fucking oh, said to fucking Dicky, man. Oh, I'm gonna God. make him listen to this podcast. I said to him, I go, they a team that faces no adversity is a team that struggles. That's exactly what happened to Tampa, yeah, with Columbus. It ha- it happens every four or five years, man. This is just like the most extreme version I've ever seen. Yeah, of it. Like, and and I know you guys absolutely loved seeing the Boston fans with about two minutes to go. They were partying, man. They were ready to roll. 
And then just oh. the look of shock and heartbreak on their faces. Oh, dude. I, oh. I, I I'm so like used to seeing people. Five minutes to look at it. Dude, I'm so used to seeing a Maple Leaf crest on those fans' chests. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and to see the spoked wheel be, I was like, oh, my the, God. The other thing, too, there was. These fuckers deserve it, man. You know, Florida won three games at the TD Garden. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing that kind of maybe gets – they like, and two of those games were, were elimination games, game five Bro, and game seven. you know, seven. Boston – I don't know if you guys watched it right till the end. I did, but Boston, like, dude, like Boston missed an empty net. Like, did they miss didn't they? Didn't they skate it down the ice and bang it off the post? Or maybe that was the Toronto game. No, it was the Toronto. I think it was the Toronto. Toronto game. Yeah, Toronto. I thought Boston got it out of the zone. No, because pretty deep. Because they got didn't it. They get they a shot. It, they got it in deep. Uh, they got a faceoff called the timeout. They put the big guns out and they went for it, and that's. When dude, you know, Toronto Toronto had a lot of breaks go their way, man. Had a he, lot of hit he, posts, like even the Matthew Nyes save on the goal line. Like that game's but, yeah. that's but, a different game. But that's how you win series, right? How many times in the past those bounces go? Toronto takes a shot off a skate just wide of the post. They come down the other way off a skate just inside the right. post, right? Like Toronto's had these bounces not go their way the last few years, and you need Her them to foot. go their way. Yeah. Her scoring a goal in overtime was like so symbolic of the shifting of the tides. Yeah. I was like, this Kerfoot's not you, he ain't that guy, pal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy fuck. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, Bruins, fuck them. What what else are we seeing out well, here, guys? The Colorado, Colorado kind of falling. I, I don't know if it was expected. I, I think. Seattle, you know, pushing them to seven was already an accomplishment enough, but you know, them being able to dethrone the defending Stanley Cup champions, you know, kind of in the manner that they did. And, you know, Philip Grubauer playing above what he had played in the race. He wasn't even he didn't have a nine hundred save percentage. And I think his save percentage climbed to almost nine thirty or something like that. Yeah, he, he had an incredible run. And, you know, I know Colorado's not the same team. They didn't have Landeskog this year, but you know, what happens with them too? Because Kale McCarr is a free agent. Do they, you know, are they going to lose more guys to free agency as what typically happens after a Stanley Cup run? Uh, or can they hold on? And was it a mistake even to bring in Gorgiev? Because Gorgiev got, uh, got outplayed most of this series. I don't think he was, I don't think he was bad, but I don't think he was kind of what Kemper had been or was able to be last season for them. What are your thoughts on that, Taylor? I, I feel, you know, I don't think it's a shock Colorado got bumped. I think it's more so who bumped them. Mm -hmm. I I felt like losing Kemper and losing Kadri were like two really key cogs in the wheel. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't feel they replaced it. Although Kemper wasn't exactly fucking uh, Jacques Plante uh, to win the cup. You could tell he played with gumption. Georgiev, and then they had Francois as well. I, I want Kemper. And then also Kadri was like just – like Kadri could have been the MVP last – it could have been the Conn Smythe winner last year. They did not replace Kadri, you know. So to me, that was the biggest um, – yeah, I they just weren't the same team. The craziest thing about Seattle, man, is like you look up and down their roster. They're doing it first of all without Jared McCann, former Leaf. <laughs> um, like Yanny Gord's their star player. Like I was looking at the five guys they had out on the ice uh, last night to hold down like their lead <laughs> against Colorado. I was like, it's like, it's like most of the other playoff teams' third lines, but. You know, every year there's a team like this that's just kind of built the way they are, where they just play good as a team. And uh, Grubauer, that's another thing, too, is like, you know, kind of sticking it to his old team. Um, there's that component of it. Nice to see. I think the Kraken, who, so who's Seattle up against round two? They're playing Dallas. Oh, buddy, Dallas going to thump them. It'll be uh, Edmonton-Dallas in the – in the conference finals over there, but yeah, pass that over to 
Mikey, Mikey, what what was your take on the Avs falling to the Kraken? I think injuries for Colorado played a huge part in that as well. But one of those things, though, right? To win a playoff series, sometimes you got to catch a few breaks. And uh, I don't know if maybe they weren't prepared for how maybe well Seattle was going to play or how well Seattle would be. I thought maybe Colorado, it seemed thought that Seattle would just kind of be happy to be there and maybe try to make it a series and Colorado would march on. But um, I, the combination of, of, I think, the injuries and, and then just Seattle – Most of the hockey world, by surprise, with taking out Colorado. I don't know how you feel about that, Angelo, but like, were you a sh- were you super shocked or? Was I, it I, like... I I was shocked when when Seattle was up three two, like yeah, I was kind of like taken aback. I'm like, you know, no Jared, like Taylor mentioned, no Jared McCann. You look at you know, like you mentioned Taylor too. The the guys they had out there yesterday against. You know, Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, you know, like it was a, a team of like with superstar talent versus a team of just guys who work hard. And Seattle came to seem to come together and managed to make it all work. And, and Grubauer really, I think, was the, was the guy who stuck it to Colorado and, you know, stole the show because I wasn't expecting I, I was expecting more of a high offense series but i think grubauer and seattle played well as a team enough to keep colorado in check and manage to steal some games and and in the playoffs you know what you steal a couple games you know your goalie steals you one it can take you a long way now they're going to be playing dallas and dallas might uh you know beat them up a little bit more than than colorado doesn't make it more you know a physical type of game but you know for seattle it, it it's all you know, it's all it's all gravy from here, right? Because yeah, no one was probably even expecting them to make it in the first place to the playoffs. And what do they do for their first ever playoff series win? They beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, so I think that's quite impressive. No, uh, for sure. But I think, like Taylor touched on, the team wasn't the same this year. They lost, mm-hmm. I think, some key pieces to that roster from yeah. last year. They were never properly replaced, and all season long, they kind of had their issues, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it because they had the title as. Uh, defending champions, I think it makes it maybe much more of an upset than it actually was. Yeah, if yeah. that makes any sense. No, it does. I get it. Do you guys uh, quickly here, just because uh, I know we got uh, we're crushing for time, but New Jersey, New York going on right now. It's Monday, so we're kind of recording here while yeah. Game Seven goes on. It's one nothing New Jersey. Yeah. But do you guys think that the winner of this particular series will end up beating Carolina, or will Carolina end up just making it through despite not having the goal scoring that they, you know, there were no Sveshnikov obviously. And it's basically Sebastian Ajo with, you know, the entire Carolina team on his back. Do you think that if either or either of the Rangers or Devils can beat Carolina, or do you think Carolina is destined for the conference finals here? See, it's hard to say. Cause I've got, there's a big part of me that thinks Carolina is going to the conference final, regardless mm-hmm. if they play the Rangers or the Devils, but like you just don't know man like because this has been a good series of rangers devils one yeah and um i don't know it's hard to say without knowing who's gonna win this series i'm saying like i don't know i feel like maybe 70 percent of me saying that carolina will go to the conference final regardless mm-hmm. but can't truly answer that until we see who who wins this uh series here taylor what are your thoughts on the hurricanes you think they i the Hurricanes are the epitome of a team that I always underestimate. I don't love them. There's something about them I don't – but it's always teams like this that are that go deep, man. Yeah. Um, Rod the Bod, too, like he – I think guys want to play for him. And there's something to be said. This sounds really cheesy, but to the listeners and to you guys, I think we can all relate to this to some degree. There was some teachers – that we had in life that got you try you you gave it more of an effort or you wanted to fucking get a good grade or you wanted to you were motivated to do your homework because you didn't want to let them down because you respected them i didn't have too many of them to be honest but there was the odd one <laughs> um 
And you can see guys want to play for Rod the Bod. Also, like, there is something to be said about a guy who's not that old, who's, like, looks as good as he does, who's, like, a Hall of Famer. Like, you know, Montreal's got it in Marty St. Louis. Um, there's something to be said about having that kind of coach if he can relate to the players. And mm-hmm. it seems like Rod has that rapport, and it looks like Marty St. Louis might as well. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think Sheldon does to a degree as well. Um, but yeah, man, uh, the Hurricanes, uh, the big question there for me is goaltending. So um, is Freddie the guy? I think Freddie's supposed to be the guy. But, he played He played um, game six. Oh, but- my God. If it's <laughs> if, if Toronto faces Carolina and Freddie's in that, could be a problem. <laughs> The Freddie Anderson revenge series. It's yeah, supposed to be the Paul dude. Maurice revenge. Be like Grubauer against Colorado, yeah. right? Oh, Paul Maurice. You know what, dude? That was such another lifetime ago that I don't even count that. Like, if it was, if it was the Jets, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I still can't even believe Paul Maurice is the coach there. Yeah. Like, he's just not a coach of the Panthers, bro. You know, he's like just fits, man. Right now, it's the best part. I, I think too for the Devils. I think what's been the the what seems to have turned the tide there too was another goaltending change, because they had Vitek. Hey, 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 you're talking as if the Devils are getting through. I think the Rangers are going to win this game. Down so one right no- now, it's hold- one nothing, one nothing. Okay. Six minutes left in the second. Okay. If if the as as of when we're recording this right now that the that the Devils are still winning, if this goaltending change seem seems to kind of have been what ended up shifting the balance in this series, you know, where does that leave goaltending as a whole in terms of, do we have, do we have to have a one a and one B in another one B guy, you know, is the so-called elite franchise goalie, like a Vasilevsky, Hellebach, Perry price. Is that kind of a, is going to be a thing of the past because you look at the teams that are are left. Really, there's really no team maybe outside of New York if they get through with that elite level status goaltender. Do you think that that's kind of going the way, and we're going to see more of this one A one B guy thing? Because if one guy at least just to bet, at least I can go to this other guy and hope that it works out. Taylor, you're the tendy buddy. You're the goalie buddy. I look at the goalie first always. You know, the 1A, 1B, uh, such a complex question, man. The 1A, I don't really love the 1A, 1B situation because it creates um, an uncertainty, I think, even among the players. Um, And it's not like – and it's so different. You can't even compare it to other positions in the sport where a center, like, you know, you could say you have a 1A, 1B center, like – Tampa might say with Sorelli and Point, for example, or Toronto might say with Matthews and Tavares, although I think that's not really a debate anymore. Um, with the goalie, you kind of want to see – you the the teams that are successful are the, the goalies that run away with it. When is the last time we saw a Stanley Cup winner that was a true split net? Think about that. I, I Yeah, I think – yeah. No, and that's true. And I think come playoff time, coaches rather not have that. Like, like look at the situation in Boston with – I know Allmark played six of the games, but then the conversation creeps in after game five. Like, should Swayman get the start? By the way, that was a mistake. They should I, not have gone to Swayman. See, no I think they should have played him a game earlier, but – Yeah, no, no, no. That uh, Agreed. But they should not have gone to him in game seven on yeah. its own. Oh yeah. If yeah, they yeah. had gone to him a game or two prior, no problem. Let him ride with it. You cannot put a goalie in in that situation. And he actually played pretty good. But that that's my take on it, Angelo. Michael? No, I agree with that as well. Like it's fine throw to 82 game season, but I feel like come playoff time, you need one guy. And and like you said, that way it settles the team. Everyone knows who the guy is between the pipes. And you go from there and you know if he has a bad game, maybe he gets pulled, but he's going back in, right? For, for the next one i think i think that does have an effect on the psyche of, of a team um so for 82 games you can kind of you can maneuver the two goalies but i think you need one guy to carry the load come playoff time Ange, 
I, for me, I've always believed that you need one guy. You need you need to. It's good to have during the regular season, like you mentioned, having that guy that can play just as well as your starter, and maybe even have your starter play a little less. I know in this city we had an elite goalie carrying a franchise for about fifteen years, and his knees gave out. But I think having your one guy that you can always rely on is better than having that question mark of who's my guy come to playoffs. Because I think at the end of the day, if, if you have, if you have to, if you don't have a real true number one goalie, then really you don't really have a number one goalie. You have two guys that might be, you know, a number one C and a number and a two really in the, the body of it. So, uh, I'm curious to see how the NHL sees if if we see more of an emphasis though on, you know, maybe relaxing these guys a little bit, like the the elite goaltenders in terms of having a, a solid backup for them. Oh, do nothing now. Do nothing now. Wow, there you go. Um, but I think you need you need a guy that you can rely on night in and night out, and you know what, it, it plays it, and eventually sometimes it might even play itself out like it did in Toronto, really. Samsonov did take over. He took the reins and, and and he ran with it, you know, for the most part. So I think even too, sometimes you might see a, a guy kind of leapfrog the other one and really cement himself as the number one goalie. Uh, quickly here before we get to quick shifts, the, the one series, we, the team that we didn't even talk about is uh, the Edmonton Oilers and Las Vegas Golden Knights who are going to be matching up. Uh, Connor McDavid uh, seems like he's on a man on a mission uh, despite – you know, everything that would happen. Dreisaitl's playing out of his mind. Uh, does Vegas have a chance here? I know that, you know, the goaltending situation in Edmonton is not the one to hang your hat on. If anything, I think maybe it's the weakest of the goaltending goaltenders, at least remaining in the playoffs. But does Vegas have a shot here? Can they, you know, slide through Edmonton? Or does Connor McDavid continue his trek towards you know, having this ridiculous season that he's having. I don't think, I think the Oilers are destined here, man. Uh, I like Vegas. Mm -hmm. I would say they are the second best team in the West. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, man, I think the Oilers are a team of destiny. Um, I think, I think we're on a crash course to Oilers Maple Leafs fucking final, bro. I would inject it in my veins, man. How pissed off would Jerry Bettman be with that? A eh? an all Canadian final. Oh my god. Can you <laughs> he's, imagine? he's really he's really hoping for the Florida Seattle final now, eh? He'd be like, so disgusted. He's sending memos out to all the referees. Get Seattle. Our players and our players <laughs> in North Alberta. Thank you for coming. <laughs> and to the great fans in Alberta. Alberta. Fuck. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Oilers may light up the Golden Knights here. I, I watch that, bro. They're gonna and, fucking put a hundred on. They're gonna let ninety nine in, but they're gonna score a hundred. Yeah, they, they're they're getting scored though throughout the lineup. It's it's not just the McDavid Drysaddle combo. So I think they're gonna light them up. As much as I hate to say it, I think the Oilers are going through in five. Dude, someone in our group chat said after Bunting got fucking uh, suspended, how much the oil. I I think I asked how much are the Oilers gonna get Bunting in the off season? Yeah. Said, someone said six by six. And I was dying. <laughs> it's how, it's the Leaf graveyard mixed with like the all of the misfits of the league and. McDavid and Dreisaitl, man. Just pulling like the, just two horses pulling the fucking wagon along like it's nothing. Dude, they are like they're like Lemieux Francis is what they are. Would you not say, guys? Because they're better than Gretzky uh Messier. Messi. Mm. No. Lemieux not. Francis was the was like the best one too, no? Or was well, Gretzky Messi? No, Gretzky Messi, man. Yeah. Fucking yeah! Look, look at the cups, man, and the dong. Bro, you watch it, okay? Ron Francis from the Sioux, bro. He's a paisan <laughs> from the Sioux. I would have said but more. Spetto. Yo- I'm, I'm a big. I'm a big. I'm a big Francis guy, but 
Yager. Ronnie Franchise, bro. Most underrated player. I know, but he was it, it was more, you know, he was a throw. Like, Mario and, and Yager together kind of were, you know, we even got robbed of it too because, you know, Mario had to retire for a little bit there. But I think what they're doing is kind of like that Mario Yager kind of esque flow to it. Like it's just it's incredible. And it's like nobody could ever stop Lemieux. Like when he had the puck, it was his puck and nobody was taking away from it. It feels like that with McDavid. Like nobody hey, can I just could... say by the way, Ron Francis, 1700 points in his career. Almost 1800 points in his Jeez. career. Okay. Just saying. You know, he's no slouch. Hey, he's all we, we Yeah, I didn't say he's a we slouch. acknowledge we like... acknowledge the Ron the Ronnie Francis. All right. He's a he's a he's a beast man. He's a stud but one I'm of my just, all-time favorite Maple Leafs, man. Maple Leaf, great. <laughs> oh, but if if they win it though, like I I think it's hard to right now put Messier and Gretzky, Gretzky, sorry, with the Drysital McDavid thing right now until they at least win a cup. If they win a cup, then okay, dragging the team that they've dragged, like making guys who weren't traditionally hundred-point players, hundred-point players. Like Nuge and Hyman were never 100 point players before they played with these two. And look at them now. Like, yeah. and, and and they might have had a fifth had uh, Evander Kane not had his wrist slashed there in the game uh, against Tampa back, I think it was in November, like early November. So if it's tough, though, I think that's it. That's the, the toughest ask. Like, even LA, like they had, I, I think, at least in terms of four lines, they were probably as close to being a complete team as maybe they'll face other than maybe I'd say Dallas in the West. But if they get to the cup final, like I think they're the one team that might, you know, end the curse of, you know, Canadian teams winning the Stanley cup here. I think they can, I, I think if any team can do it, it's, it's them 100%. Uh, my cousin, Ted Caputo opened a Moviola franchise with Ron Francis and Dan Tawu and, <laughs> Toronto in the what are you laughing at? Can I finish? Go ahead. Go ahead. They were the ones who brought the original Moviola franchises to Canada. All right, listen, I don't want to fucking hear it. Okay. Ted, and I'm pretty sure our cousin Frank Caputo was involved too. Frank Frank Caputo is a famous judge up in Sault Ste. Marie, one of the original owners of the Greyhounds who owned them at the time when Gretzky came to town. Anyway, enough of my family history. <laughs> well, uh, I guess you have you have Edmonton going through, Dallas going through, Carolina going through, and I'm guessing Florida because you're big. You think Florida's going to pull off the second upset or yeah, conference yeah, finals sure. yep. predictions here? For sure. Yep. Mike, yep. Who you got? Uh, conference, uh, conference. Uh, my predictions are. That I don't think Carolina gets through, man. I think the winner of Rangers Devils gets through. Um, and as I said, it'll be Stars and um, Oilers on the other side, and an Oilers Maple Leaf final. Mikey, Leafs Hurricanes and the ghost of Archer Zerbe comes back to fucking oh my God. haunt us in our sleep. <laughs> Wow, Jeff uh, O'Neill dagger to seal Game Six. Oh fuck! Uh, yeah, I think in the West, uh, Dallas Oilers for sure, and in the East here, do I go with the Leafs? <laughs> Toronto Hurricanes, man, redemption for two thousand two. Wow, <laughs> you said it, folks. <laughs> you said it. Jesus. Uh, Jesus. The ghost of Jeremy Roenick. Fuck oh, God. Jeremy Roenick. Skipping on the ice. He was the last one. He was the last. He was the last player to eliminate the Leafs beyond mm-hmm. round one. Mm-hmm. All righty. And Angelo, your predictions? Uh, I got Dallas Edmonton. And I think that the winner of this Rangers New Jersey series, I think, is going to be the team, rep- is going to be Carolina. I just think. Looking at the scoring that New Jersey's been able to get and the goaltending, I think that's going to be hard to yeah. match up. I mean, even though Carolina is a, a great team, I think them losing Sveshnikov really, you know, they, they played the, the Islanders. Oh, I forgot about that, that's, man. That, that's, that's what I think is going to be the X factor. I think they lose. I think it's going to be a great series. I think it goes seven, but 
whoever wins this this series between either the Rangers or the Devils, I think, ends up beating Carolina. And you know, I hate to do it, but I think the Leafs are going to win in six. I just have this feeling. Oh yeah, and they're going to go to the conference finals, but they're not going to the Stanley Cup finals. That's been my prediction for a little while. But whatever. So I got the winner of this uh, whatever Devils Rangers series and Leafs and Dallas and Oilers in the Western Conference Finals. But you know, we'll have to see in two weeks how that dull. Who's going to be in the final then? I got Dallas and the winner of this this Rangers thing series because I thought whoever won between Devils think it's going to be a Stars. Devils final. Yeah, we've like seen it before. 1999. Yeah. Are the foot in the crease all over again? Yeah. No, that was with Buffalo. Oh, wait, no, that was, that was Buffalo. The next year, Dallas, right. I think, lost to the, the next year. Yeah. Dallas lost. Yeah, that's right. J- Jason Arnett, wow. Jamie Langenbrewer, fucking scored. Jason Arnett, yeah. Whoever scored it. Man, and you know, the, it's funny. Like, don't you guys get the sense like the Devils are almost like overachieving for where they are in their development. It, it, it has that shades of like early Blackhawks kind of thing going on, you know, like the, the first cup, the Blackhawks one, they were all fucking kids. Right. Um, same with the Kings, not as much as the Blackhawks. That's what I'm saying is like that team's led by Jack Hughes. Who's like, how old is Jack Hughes? Like 23, you know? 22, so 23. Yeah, he's a young, he's a young pup. Right. So, yeah, like he's younger than Quinn, right? So he would mm-hmm. probably only be like 22. So, yeah, good stuff. Okay, what do we got in quick shifts? Quick shifts, uh, quickly here, we'll just do two things. First, the NBA playoffs. They also had an upset. They The Milwaukee Bucks falling uh, in the way they did to the Miami Heat. Uh, seen some other series. Uh, the Warriors getting through after falling down behind. But quickly looking at the last Final Four kind of, teams here predictions on an nba final who you think is coming through and who's going to be playing who okay i'll start um to be honest man the way steph curry's playing right now how can you fucking bet against him did you see that thing online about like what he had said to his team and then he goes out and puts up 50 like i don't know man um i got Oh, man. The 76ers are good, too. They've been doing it without Embiid as well this whole time. He's been suffering with... He just got the MVP, too. Yeah. He's been... He had had an incredible year, too. I'm shocked they gave it to him this year over Jokic. Because I thought this was... Out of all of Jokic's uh, wins, I thought this was his most dominant year. Um, Yeah... Fuck, dude. I don't know. I've got – yeah. Golden State, I think, is going to win. You can't bet against Curry, man. Mm -hmm. You just can't. He's just so fucking good. And, um, yeah, I think think LeBron's in for it. You know how I feel about Bron Bron. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's my take on it. Michael? There were a lot of upsets in the NBA as well. Uh, I don't know, man. The Heat are playing very well you right now. You think the Knicks? Come on. I'm waiting for you to say the Knicks, man. No, They're the main of the NBA. I know. I know. But I don't know. I could see the Heat taking out the Knicks. Like, I know they're up already one nothing right now. But, like, I don't know, man. Miami's playing well right now. Um, RJ Barrett, East, bro. Canada's own. Out of the East, though, I'm going to say the Celtics. And then uh, in the West, I know the Warriors are playing well right now, but I don't know, Angela. You think Denver gets there? Or what? I think LA gets there. You think LA gets I, to the final? I think I think LeBron. You're fucking man. You cheer for hey, the bad guys. I bro. cheer for the bad guys. Hey, last year I took. I said Boston and Boston Golden State in the finals, and it was fucking spot on. I just I just <laughs> think that Golden State. I, I would pick Golden State if if they didn't have the kind of the series they just went through with Sacramento. Sacramento played very well. And I just think that their team defense kind of let them down a little okay, bit. So how many games do you think it'll take the Lakers to be seven? The it's easy. It's it's a seven game series. Like Steph Curry is that he's that guy, right? He's he scored fifty in game seven. Like yeah. came out 
put as much getting, on the, the table. The Lakers are not getting through Golden State, although I'm looking forward to watching that. It'll be a good – I just think that, you know, they run out of juice there. I think that it's finally – it's just finally time LeBron gets one against Curry. And I think that they end up probably winning it all or losing to the Celtics because they figure out finally how to win a – Series and I'm like, or win an NBA a, championship, a Lakers Celtics final. Yeah, it's what the NBA. That's what Adam Silver wants. That's what. Yeah, uh, you know, that's what kind of yeah. they they would think. I, I think that unless it's Philly, like the if, antithesis of what fucking Gary Batman wants, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah. if, if if it was a fucking Maple Leafs fucking Blackhawks final, he would lose his mind, man. Well, I mean, Maple Leafs Oilers, he'd the, fucking lose it. The only anyway. the only wrinkle there I could say with Philly is if Embiid is even. 70 65 percent they could they philly could even make it to the to the to the nba finals because they've had that good of a season and Embiid's been that good as well that i think that they can kind of overcome it but if Embiid's not healthy there's no way james harden's beating the celtics and i think that the celtics will end up just kind of squeezing through here personally yeah i think so too what do you got, Celtics Warriors or me? Yeah, who you got? Yeah, who did I end up going with? I don't know, man. I was looking at the Nuggets, but I'm gonna go Celtics Lakers just because it'd be nice to see that again. Yeah. When's the last time they played each other? 2008. Yeah, I think uh, 2008. Yeah, when they play after they had, I think they was that the any was that the anything's possible? No, was it was that? no because they <laughs> they they did they did anything's possible. And then the next year they played Kobe and Kobe won. That's okay. when Kobe. That's when Kobe won his fourth, if I'm not mistaken. He got his fourth. Well, it's ring. gonna be. Uh, okay. It's gonna be Philly Golden State. Hey, that'd be good. that'd be a good series too. It's you know, no slow. It's gonna happen. Thing. It's not like Embiid's out long term, bro. He's ruled out for game one, so I think he comes back with a pep and a step and an MVP to his name, and fucking away they go. All right, we'll have to we'll have to see, and uh, we'll wrap things up. Well, a little bit on a sad note, Jerry's legendary talk show host, Jerry Springer, passed away at the age of 79, and he was a R.I.P. Jerry, R.I.P., bro. And like I'm sure you guys, for your sick days as a, a kid growing up, he was a part of the, you know, the essential starter pack of talk show hosts that we used to watch on, you know, a, a regular basis on So You'd watch him, Maury, and Bob Barker, the legendary Bob Barker. So, boys, I ask you to rank them one to three, Mr. Barker, Mr. Springer, and I don't, uh, Mr. Povich. I can't believe I just remembered his last name there. I almost forgot it for a second. But I'll start with you, Mikey, because it seems like you maybe called in sick a little bit more than maybe <laughs> Taylor did. Wow. <laughs> Wow, you th- you think so, eh? I was homesick from school more. Yeah, just dude, the- there was no. I wasn't allowed to stay homesick, bro. Yeah, that's a confirm. I I sit home a lot. Um, yeah, Bob Barker's a legend, buddy. Right, like that mic. I had to be fucking dying to stay home, man. Like number number one, uh, Bob Barker, and then see, I never really watched Jerry Springer, man. Like that mm-hmm. would be my three, and then Maury too. I think like yes. Murray, Murray had all the suspense with the um, with the, the uh, Manila envelope and yeah, <laughs> the father and not the father. Okay, yeah, right. Like that was just the whole thing. And then guys would just Sally when they were not the father. Like like, like the Leafs had just won a playoff round for the first time. In wow. Years. Yeah. Like, so, how many fucking weddings do you think combined those three guys have had? <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> Over right. 19, that's for sure. At least 19. Minimum. Maury's had two. Wow. Bob Barker married only one time. Wow. And who's the third one? Oh, Jerry, Jerry of course. Oh, man. Jerry's got to be up there. He's got to be in the in the Larry King territory, you'd think. Former mayor of Cincinnati. That's something I learned. Well, I was going to say, I didn't realize that. He was a politician. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you know what, dude? Jerry Springer. Wow, one marriage as well. So I, I'm an asshole. I take it back. R.I.P. Jerry. My ranking is, uh, and I do it again. I wasn't allowed to watch any of these shows because I wasn't allowed to stay home. So I do it based off of their movie appearances. Jerry Springer gets the one nod because of his appearance in Nah. 
Bob Barker goes number one because of his appearance in Happy Gilmore. Beats the shit out of Happy. Jerry Springer goes in the two hole because of his appearance on Austin Powers. When they bring out and then Dr. Evil ended up getting them all liquefied. Right. Everyone who showed up on the show anyway. And then uh, and then, yeah, I don't I don't remember Maury being in any big, big movies. So and Maury's got that fucking like Maury was like the the king of the trash TV, you know, like fuck Maury Povich, bro. <laughs> you know, you know, I don't know if you know this. This is something I found out kind of over the weekend. You mentioned Bob Barker and his appearance in Happy Gilmore. You know, he did the fight scene himself, right? He didn't have a stunt. Him it, was, it was him getting him and, him and Gilmore. Uh, sorry, not Gilmore Sandler going at it like they were. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. I, I, I didn't know that. I thought it was for some reason. I thought it was a, a stunt double or whatever it was. But fucking say, legend, man. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's it's definitely one Bob Barker. It was like I think it's he was on at 11 o'clock and it's like solid hour of he's a nice guy man he wasn't fucking he wasn't revealing whether Mm -hmm. someone was pre-op or Mm post-op in terms of their genitals (laughs) like bro (laughs) someone like he he fucking he fucking let the kkk fucking (laughs) waltz out and shit like yeah it was uh springer was bad springer was funny though r.i.p man it was you know between I, i i'd say Povich was one because I'd say I watch more Maury Povich than I watch Jerry. I see Jerry Springer clips now more as an adult than I did as a kid. You see it once in a while, but you know, when Nana's there, sometimes you just didn't get to watch very much. She'd give you a back end. She's like, I have to watch my stories. Leave me alone. So yeah. Angelo, I watch my stories. <laughs> yeah, I watch my stories. Channel four, Omni, <laughs> the Italian soap operas. God, man. So fucked up. Well, Actually, Maury Povich's dad was a very famous uh, sports writer. Was it really? Shirley Povich. I don't think they were Irish. Uh, well, boys, that's it for this week's episode of the podcast. It was a quick one. It was a fun one. It was good to see you guys actually happy. Fucking After our long, first bro. round, this is, the, this is the first time in this podcast history that I've seen you guys happy after the first round. It was a miracle. And I'm happy to it's see a bizarre that. feeling, man. It's bizarre. Okay, and, and maybe we'll see you. Couldn't guys even win a fucking play-in round before, dude. Yeah. Well, hey, you know you yeah. gotta you gotta learn to what is it? You gotta learn to walk before you can run. Look, you guys off. You guys are off and running now. Who knows? Right. Whether, you might go on a run here. Let's okay. shut her down, man. But uh, that's it for this week's episode, <laughs> boys. Taylor's got to go put the kids to bed because they're up too late. It's Ten o'clock. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm Love tired. you guys. Love you too, boys. Yeah, boys. Peace in the Take care. Good luck in the second round.